Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Allen. And it's time for Happy Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year. Fun fun. George Affleck. Can you believe it? 2023. Am I allowed to even say Happy New Year at this point? It's June, no. uh, June January no. 12th, something like that. What is it? It's July, June, <laughs> January? I haven't been sleeping much lately. I don't know. So here's, here's my take on the Happy New Year. Um, as of double digits, we start to say it's almost spring. Okay. Yeah. Almost spring. Almost it's, spring. We're, we're, even though it's just winter, it just started in December. But it definitely doesn't like, matter. December, December twenty first. I always find it so weird because that's when the you know you start getting light, lighter again, and so it's always weird that it's that's the beginning of winter. You're thinking, no, no, it's the end of winter for Vancouverites. Well, you <laughs> can't blame on? people for feeling like it's Groundhog Day because I mean we're going to get to local, uh, uh, provincial, and municipal politics, yeah. but we'd be remiss, George Affleck, if we didn't at least do a do a little bit of a back sweep because we haven't done an episode of unspun and 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 welcome back to our our listener to our viewers yeah, who have been reaching out going yeah. where the heck are you um <laughs> so let's talk about what's happening in the united states and and we'll get to the the that the kevin mccarthy debacle in a second but joe biden right now as of like you said january 12th uh, just mm-hmm. this morning, uh, Merrick Garland has assigned a special investigator to look into the <sighs> yet more classified documents, this time found at Joe Biden's home. In the garage. In his garage. I mean, and I'm, I love watching CNN twist themselves into pretzels trying to figure out how to how to be, not be like they were, the way they were with Trump on this. And they, yeah, they, you know, come on. On the surface, it looks, seems to be the same thing. I mean, has every president and vice president kept documents at home and we're just starting to find them what is happening here what what is happening i will tell you the difference that i've been watching between okay the two um and mm-hmm. i agree with you up front all of it's bad all of it's bad yeah. because it, depending on what the contents of these documents are they're put in a position where they can be used against you know north america as a whole or a greater democracy worldwide whatever of course. the yeah. difference being though that it's the it's Biden's people found the documents, reported them missing, but mm-hmm. reported them found, returned them to the archives immediately, and have said, you know, oops. Uh, whereas that guy, uh, forty five, uh, was you don't more like. <laughs> I just don't like him. I just don't. I just don't want to give him any. I don't want to the give orange, him any. Publicity. The orange beast. That guy. I love how uh-huh. Stephen Colbarrows finds a funny way of saying his name without saying his name. Anyway, to the meat of it, to the heart of it, Donald Trump, former president, twice impeached, disgraced Donald Trump, um, basically said, yeah, I've got them. I've declassified them. And no, you can't have them back. And you can't look at them. And that's why they ended up raiding his house, because they were like, where are these documents? And not a, a handful of documents, but hundreds of documents. And so, yeah, it's all bad. But at the same time, it's not the same situation here. And, and I, think, I think the due diligence is needed because all of it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. You yeah. know, when I left office in, in, as a local politician, uh, I, had, I had no documents in my home. I didn't want, I didn't want any documents. Yeah. I'm at home now. I'm not working. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. I don't want a bunch of boring files. You know, we get our big folders every week, but we would get classified documents. And in most part, they were shredded right away. But stuff that you might keep that you think, oh, this might be like you had for whatever reasons, letters from people or whatever. I don't know. You, you just basically didn't turn them in. You didn't. You, you didn't. And mo- I don't know what they say. Shredded them. I have no idea. They handed everything okay. over to staff. It was all in my office. Take it. I don't want it. Uh, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And I don't want to ever have to deal with this. And you have to actually see your emails. And so I just find it bizarre that, you know, why would this box be in his garage? What was, why? Well, it's dumb. It's and so it's from bad. when he was so vice bad. president. So this is, yeah. this is a long a time ago. ago. Like what, what, how did yeah. the archives not note the lack of documents, you know, and like well, you said, right? the top is there not a sign maybe this process is... when you go to a library, if you have a library card, you know exactly what book I have. If you're not the same, what's a Dewey Decimal System for vice, for vice presidents and presidents' people? You dropped the Dewey Decimal System. I love that about <laughs> you. Hey, can we talk about um, all of the happenings around the uh, election of the Speaker of the House? And, you know, how basically somebody who ran and won with nothing but fraud behind him keeps his opportunity to be sworn into office because he is so vital to the election of said speaker, to the House being held by the Republican Party, and then watching 15, the unprecedented 15 votes go down. I watched it all, George. Were you riveted? Like, yeah, yeah, I watched uh, yeah. Not all of the votes, but it was, you know, and I, of course you could argue, hey, this is democracy in action. It's hard. You know, that's kind of his spin. McCarthy's spin is like, you know, hey, yeah. this, I, I, guess I didn't could. ask for this to be easy. Uh, he had to compromise and a bunch of stuff. Although some of the stuff that people talk a lot about, which was this one vote to kick him to have a vote to have him ousted or whatever, it's something that was normal before. Um, and and it was actually the Democrats that got rid of it. So and they yeah. talk a lot about they they were actually speaking a lot of things that I love. You know, to be honest, they were talking about transparency. They 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 were you know, saying a lot of the right things in my mind. And we hear a lot about in Vancouver about transparency process. You know, there was one thing about cameras, in, you know, the fact that we could see all this. We don't usually get to see all of this. Uh, you know, we don't get to see all of this kind of stuff in, in our in our debates here. Um, no. You know, you, you get the question period and that's about it. But and, you know, it's not the most exciting stuff. City Hall, you can watch all of it if you want. It's very yeah. exciting. Um, it's great it's, to go to sleep, you know, too. Yes. But it's it's interesting. They, they were saying some of the things that really resonated to me as far as transparency. Why, why can't uh, people who are not in the, uh, up, you know, let's call the upper echelons in the, in the, in the key areas, they're not allowed to bring uh, ideas onto the floor. Believe me, having been a politician is very frustrating when you have no power and you have great ideas and you're not allowed to even bother submitting them. I went through that for seven years in office where I was, yeah. you have these ideas and they would just get kicked out or I was in, it was very, uh, so I can see how there's a lot of politicians, I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican who are junior uh, Congress men, uh, women and men, and they're like, I have these ideas and I want to submit it, but I'm not allowed to. Or they get the financial, these massive trillion dollar financial documents. They have, they don't have, they have like a day to analyze them. They are, they say we need at least two days. They're asking yeah. for two days. I mean, yeah. that's uh, that seems okay. You know, come on, let's let's let's. There are some good things that came out of this, I think, and and I th- but I think the drama and the fact that we know that McCarthy is. Duplicitous? I mean, duplicitous? 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 Yeah. Thank you. Talks out of both and, sides um, of his mouth, you mean? He, yeah. And vote yeah. on both sides. He just yeah. does all of the math. He'll just vote wherever the wind is blowing. So nobody trusts him. That's what the problem is. It's, 
from a layperson's, I, I love your perspective of, of the actual nuts and bolts and the and the the need for some of this to not all be wiped with a big fat brush of partisan politic, you know, noise. I love that you bring that perspective. One of the reasons why we do this podcast, why it's called Unspun, is because you you do have the ability to say on a much larger scale what we saw happening in uh, the house is something that we've seen happen in city hall closer to home. And it's it's important for, for us to have our minds look and focus here uh, locally, certainly at a provincial level, uh, most definitely at a municipal level. And, you know, George, in terms of turnout last year on your birthday for um, the municipal elections, the turnout was abysmal. Um, and we mm-hmm. also went through the provincial election. So we've got a couple of things we need to chew on here for 2023 in that we have a new premier and we have a new mayor of Vancouver. We have a new mayor in the city of Surrey. We got lots of new p- politicians all over the place because many politicians yeah. were like, you know what? I'm tapping out. I don't want to do this anymore. Somehow, some mm-hmm. way, though, Brad West is still rocking it like as he has in the past. Um, but we've had some controversy uh, with David Eby, obviously, before he took office. And yet he has made some very significant moves in his first weeks and months in that premier's seat. So let's have a a little bit of a discussion just to catch people up. A lot of people tuned out uh, over these last few weeks. Um, What are you seeing from now Premier David Eby? Well, you know, uh, he's really working the pragmatist uh, angle for sure. And and I'm a pragmatist. His comments about SROs, basically the last week, saying these we will not continue with this model. Right. It does not work, uh, and and being very clear about that. So good, you can't uh, be you know allow those things to continue and and trying to shoebox in this way, literally trying to turn them into better SROs. I mean, it just doesn't work. We need to build better facilities. You and I have been talking about that for in our now in Years. our fifth season. Yeah, um, that this this needs to be there needs to be a better plan for housing. Um, and their drug addiction and mental health care and all those things have to come together. Um, but I think he's being, it's going to be, it's tough for the BC Liberals uh, soon to be renamed um, to find their angle. They, I saw, Ke- you know, Kevin Falcon talking about, he's going to go after them for housing and this, I'm like, he was kind of getting ahead of them. You know, you don't want to be following, if you want to lead, you got to lead. And so the Liberals need to kind of find their thing. Um, and really that resonates because Evie is kind of getting them off guard on a lot of these things, saying things that I would think if some people who are conservative go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that yeah. either. And that's, yeah. He has surprised though, right? So in his previous to politics, in his pri- prior to getting into the political uh, realm, if you will, and what the expectation was from some, what he might do with regard to, to the homeless uh, crisis, mm-hmm. housing, and addiction. Uh, there were assumptions. It feels like there were assumptions made as to where he might be going with this, and then he pivoted to, you know, what I'm actually trying to pull in yeah. all of the pieces of the puzzle and I do was what. Wrong with what I said, yeah, I learned something. It's I'm, worse uh, now. I'm, I'm it's pivoting. way worse now, right? Like uh, it's him going down there. That actual that video that I think I sent you a story. That was done by you know a controversial uh, local group, you know, and, and it was with the VPD. Of, did a walkabout, which all of us, if you, I go down there, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody hasn't been down there, you know, it's it's bad. And, You'd be and shocked. So this video yeah. became weird. It was viral around the world, and uh, it sort of made I think stepped up. You know, bad PR sometimes gets politicians 
fast is moving. And right. uh, I think that that was one of the things we were looking, the world is looking at Vancouver going, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. And uh, you can't just say, well, these people are homeless. They need, you know, whatever. It's winter. It's summer. There's always a reason they're living on the streets. I mean, like, you know why they're living on the streets? They're drug addicts. They're health. They have mental health care issues. And there's not enough housing. I they mean, have nowhere to go. 500,000 people moving from around the world who are being brought in as, as to, you know, from all these countries because of, plus other people moving here, plus babies that are being born. Yeah. You know, we're not doing enough. We're not doing enough. And, and I'm still, no, not seeing a plan. I still no. don't see a plan from anybody. I hear a lot of talk in a building here and a building there. I saw the minister of housing and he's talking about this and that. I'm like, but okay, but come on. Here's the ground math for you. I've done the yeah. math. It's a million bucks a unit. It's a million bucks a unit. That's just budget it. Just say to the people of British Columbia or Canada of all Canada, if the prime minister and every premier and every mayor said, okay, it's going to cost, here's, it's a million, assume it's a million dollars a unit. That's housing. That's how much it's going to cost you. Where that money comes from is what you need to figure out. It's that's the cost. Maybe yeah. it's cheaper in Saskatchewan, but still, let's assume it's a million bucks. Now, that's including the property. Now, okay, so now we have a mental health care health care crisis. How do we deal with that? What's the solution? Okay, well, guess what? We need more doctors. So actually, the the minister responsible in BC, he said some good things this week about nurses and bringing fast tracking. That's the kind of stuff we need to related to health care. And mental health care is we need more people helping them and we need more facilities where they can go to be helped. I want to touch on that. Let's talk, let's talk the details, the unspun details on that because we've been screaming about um, skilled foreign workers and how you get specifically and in particular nurses into our healthcare system. How do you get nurses accredited, accredited so that they may work here? I say it all the time. My grandmother was a doctor of physiotherapy and she was a hostess at the cafeteria at UBC because it was just a non-starter for her. To, like it was four years of basically going back to school and proving that she knew what she knew. Um, and, and with uh, Premier Eby making the announcement that, you know what, we're going to shorten that to between six and eight months. Like that is a huge shift from sure. four years like i mean uh, you can say that though but how? how but but at least we're starting somewhere george like that's the place if, if it is spin if it is spin and nope and we hear from nurses saying yeah no that's not happening but i, I, I just but feel maybe like it'll move it the bottom line somebody these guys have to put a bottom line on this yeah that it's money you gotta throw money at it how do we solve the covid crisis we threw a money sh- throw money at it that's how we did it yeah. The, the, the companies, the, the, it was actually Trump, and he, I know people hate this, but he incented the, the private sector give a lot of money to go out and do the research to figure this out. Even though he's a freak and doesn't, he's an anti-COVID, whatever he is, but he actually out of the gate was like, okay, let's get, because he, he's a private sector guy, let's let them figure it out. Of course. And of course, they worked with, with schools and, and institutions, but we threw money at it, millions, trillions. I don't know how much. In the, how much did every country throw at the vaccine? It's like that's how you solve these problems. But you have yeah. to be and sharing information and sharing information. Yeah, yeah. sharing information. Exactly. Big, big part of that. And, and mental health. Right. So that's a problem, not just in BC and Canada. It's around the world. So why would we not take the word of educated scholars who study exactly this and ask him and them to destroy? The research that shows what is sort of the plan doesn't work. And you've been talking, talking about, about a story this. that came out uh, today, I think, or this week from 
various publications, but J- Julian Summers, Professor. J- Doc, yeah, Professor Julian, Julian Summers. Yeah, Summers. You. Yep. We had him on Steel and Bands. Yeah. You? yeah, and and yeah. Uh, and that's on Thursday nights every every week. That was last week. Was it on? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, so you can garnered go a great deal of attention. Checktv.ca yeah. is that where we can check it out? Close. Checkmedia.ca. You can find it from two weeks ago. Thank you, uh, Dr. Thank Julian you. Summer. With I want to say he was on actually the December twenty second um, okay. edition of the program, and we actually have Guy Felicella joining us today to further that conversation as somebody yeah, who has lived on the streets and and lived a life of, of addiction, yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. he's been homeless. He knows it. He knows how how and what worked for him and get his take specifically about because uh, it's controversial, right? Like there are polarizing pieces mm-hmm. of this. There are people that feel Just like tell us t- tell us what Julian's been saying because I think it's something that I've been saying too. It <laughs> but, is something that you've uh, been saying too, but it's about safe supply. It's about it's about creating an environment where there is access to safe supply. Uh, that's for, not the solution. It's that's not, not the solution. The solution. It's and the research shows it. It's not his opinion. Yeah. Right, he's actually crunching the numbers and looking at the data and going out out to other jurisdictions because this isn't unique to Vancouver. This isn't unique to the Lower Main. This isn't unique to British Columbia. And it was interesting speaking with him. And even with a ten minute segment, we barely scratched the surface, and we were like, "Well, you got to come back." But at the root of it was, governments are asking or demanding that SFU destroy the research that he has gathered to come to this conclusion. What? Weird. What? What the hell? Why? So weird. And and that it's not a headline because there's so much other going shifty. on that, right? So, yeah, shifty, shifty going on there. Shifty doesn't seem right. I mean, but there's so you know, much. It was the ministry or the. Uh, anyways, check out the story. There are multiple stories on this in the, this week, yeah. and and watch Steel and Vance because I, I I find that this is frustrating, and I feel. You know, I think that this lack of willingness, to, because you get shut down pretty quickly, and I have experienced it, certainly on you get this on Twitter or wherever you say something. Oh, yeah, you're an evil, evil person. Up, yeah, some tweet of mine came up because somebody, I don't know, whatever, it came, was like a tweet from two years ago, and I was like, what is this tweet that I put out there? I'm like, oh, yeah, that seems like a dick thing to say, but okay. <laughs> I, was, I was being a bit, a bit of a jerk, for sure. But I thought, but I'm still kind of, I, 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 I didn't say, I didn't say it in the way that probably, and I was related to homeless, and I was related to protesters or something. And, you know, people were just, I was like, wow, people, I, I obviously didn't pay much attention back then, but I was looking at all these, a lot of hate there. And, you know, that's intimidating. And I think that's what happens right now. It's really hard to say something related to housing, homelessness, and drug addiction and, and, and mental health care that is against what the, what it appears uh, the majority of people in this, the centrist and the leftists of politi- on the political spectrum are saying. So I'm encouraged, though, when you see our premier, who would be considered left wing, uh, saying things that are like admitting that there's a problem, and and then when you see stories like this finally coming out, when this person is is being you know vocal, and that we're paying attention and we're talking about you know cleaning, you know there there's an RFP out right now for the downtown east side, you know cleaning it up, and you know it, so there's there's stuff happening, but it's it's still too slow. I mean, I think that's the, how many more years are we going to keep talking about what we know is the problem and we know the, what the solution is? We do. We know there. We know there's a what the problem is, and and we know what the solution is, but it's just going to cost us a lot of money. And so you need to start selling that to the taxpayers. That's what you have to do. You have to. And say, I mean, guess what, taxpayers? You got to spend a million dollars a unit if we want, and we need hundred thousand units. So how are we going to do this? And also circle what is being spent to maintain what isn't working. 
Because I think that's a huge story as well. When we talk about who's making money mm-hmm. by not doing the things, by not reaching the result that the money being spent is meant to the accountability piece, right? Yeah. You got to, yeah. you know, to dial up, to, to dig into what that is. And it's not, it shouldn't be positioned as a blame game or a gotcha game, but just, you know what? Hey, it's not working. It's not. We have working. a formula. We have a system yeah. for that, by the way. It's called the private-public partnerships. They work really, really well, and you get a lot of pushback. The NDP hate them. They hate them. Um, they cancelled them. They cancelled all the tolls on the bridges. That's private-public right. partnerships. I know a lot of people hate tolls, but they work. Canada Line. It's a private-public partnership. So it, it was works. built. It came in ahead of schedule, under budget. Under budget. And guess, guess who takes care of it? Not us, the taxpayers. It's a private company who manages it. And they decide when they need more trains and they make sure it's efficient. They, they take care of all the stations. We don't pay. It's paid for as a private business. And, and, and guess it, it, it works. There's obviously subsidies related to how Translake and its relationship work. But basically, for sure. it's a way to build stuff. And you can do that with anything. But oh my God, most governments in power right now, certainly left center and left center, don't like private public partnerships. They really don't. They think they're a dirty con- concept and it works because you know what the private sector is? Sorry, everybody. They actually are efficient and they like to get stuff done and they watch their margins and they want to make things work. Accountable. If they have an incentive, if, they have, if there's a, a margin in it, oh God, they're going to make a profit off of poor people. Well, yeah, but they're also going to build more housing than anybody else could if you can do it. What do you want? More housing or do you want less housing? Well, most people, more housing for poor yeah. people. Okay, great. Is government going to build it? Because they haven't. No. Most of the housing that was built in the 1970s that we have, the three-story walk-up. I grew up in Langley. There's tons of these three-story walk-ups. They were built with using the federal incentive program to build housing. There were grants available. You build these three-story rental buildings all over Langley. They're everywhere. They're still there. I'm going to I'm jump in with that um, in Montreal. Remember when I went there for the election? I was covering the election for, for uh, Al Jazeera English. And yeah. I could not believe the brilliance in the clear housing mission all throughout every suburb, as far as the eye can see around the downtown core. You know why? Because you know why the Quebec has complete control of their taxation. Right. And they, they don't have to deal with the federal government the way we do. That's right. So, uh, you finished my thought. Situation. Yes. So uh, power and government is one thing, but let's just get going on this. We know the math on how much. Now we just need to find the people who are going to do it and the money, you know, it's, it's either it's tax, it's either tax things like incentives, yeah, companies or individuals, or it's just throwing cash at it and we all pay it. We got to decide or it's a mixture of both. Billions of dollars. Sure, trillion, hey, we've only got, dollars. we've only got so much uh, time left and we got a lot I want to touch on. I want to get to the city of Vancouver in particular. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, you live in a condo, so you probably don't know the pain that, that the rest of us have been feeling with regard to garbage and recycling throughout these holidays. I get it. Weather weather yeah, disruptions and full, delays are one private, thing. Fully private in the old strata, so we're good. Brutal. Brutal. Like, yeah. they, it, it was an absolute garbage fest. It was just, it, you know. Still is. People still it, complaining, I see on Twitter. And it's of course, brutal. you and I know, and it's down. very confusing, but who's a, who, who picks it? So I always get it confused. So the city does your recycling. Garbage. And, no. And city, does garbage. no thought, city does garbage. City does garbage. City doesn't do green bin or recycling. Okay. So it's that way around. Okay. It's good. Because it's the green bin. Confused. 
the green bin's the big controversy now because the city of Vancouver, because the place that they contracted out to need to upgrade their trucks. They don't have the right manpower. There's a staffing issue. There's da, 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 all yeah, these man, things. So they're going to only pick up the green bin every two weeks because it was green bin weekly and garbage every two weeks, which people got used to. It's not great. I mean, I would definitely have people putting garbage in my garbage cans because I don't police them. They're not like right outside my door. So ours finally got picked up. It's the recycling versus the green bin versus the garbage. We'd have to like be on the app to figure out when they were coming for what. I'd look around and see who's putting what out. And anyways, it got to be too much math. Um, Suffice to say, it's not a great service that we have right now. It needs some fixing. So hopefully the incoming council and the new mayor will fix it. But can we talk a little bit about the park board? Can we give a little good uh, news story here? I mean, yes. There's some, I mean, for the first time in a long time, we're getting some good news out of the park board. And But 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 just quickly, I, I'm really annoyed by a, a tweet that I saw from Bob Crump, Bob from the Vancouver's Awesome to the mayor. Okay. And I yeah, retweeted yeah. it saying, like, the mayor, he tweet, he sent him a text to the mayor, uh, Ken Sim, saying, hey, you know, whatever, pitching, or I got to talk to you about this. He got a text back saying, sorry, this is not Ken Sim's number anymore. You have to email this generic email blank.com or whatever it's like come on there are literally you and i we when we fill in it at uh at nw if you're there's only about 10 people in the city that need to get hold of the mayor it's, he's not going to they're not going to take advantage of texting him but generally no. most mayors like like brad west you as a journalist i have brad west number, number and you yeah you can text yeah. him i have ken sims number i wonder well try he won't, he won't answer and I think that's just bad. This is bad optics. And I think, that you know, come on. Just, so like literally 10 journalists. I think you can handle it, buddy. Anyway. I would never give those me. numbers out, by the way. And nor would Bob Cronhauer. Like nobody's going, hey, I got the mayor's number. Here, here. Send it off. Yes. If somebody asked me for your number, I would call you and say, someone's asking me for your number. Can I give it to them? Yeah. Or give you the number? That, like, this is etiquette. Yeah, this bad, is not, bad. that's not good. And you know what I said at start, if you're going to, as you mean to go on when he first did it, and I'm like, come on, this is not a good, don't do these things. This is about, this is how transparency is like the, you know, it just eats away. Anyway, I will play, news. let me just wait, wait, one thing yeah. for devil's advocate there, because of the lack of availability of the prior mayor, the current new communicative active, I mean, the, the releases that we get actually have some meat on the bone, which is kind of nice, uh, refreshing shall we say, perhaps he's just so inundated on that number that everybody had that it's a symptom of a problem that isn't about media or journalists, but just a simple like, okay, we've got to, we got to, we got to let this pipeline, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. You're like But okay, sure. Let's go with that. Let's, let's move on to the good news because we only have Okay. I want park I think the park board. Yeah. This is like so. There, are, well, there's also the good news about Granville Street. That that's going to come on. They're going to start looking at Granville Street as a city, which is great news as well. Fix that the Granville Entertainment District. Yeah, get that fixed. Uh, but so it's a community plan, which they haven't done in five years. The community plan. They've been so busy with the citywide plan, they didn't ever do any community plans in those right. last term, which is never Crazy. before not done. Like it's just bad. So they're going to do a community plan for Granville Street. For the park board, they're going to look at making money. Using building the private sector, build restaurants and things like that in parks where I hope, you know, obviously not on green space. Calm down, everybody. Calm there are, down. There's a parking lot, for example. Yeah. There's a parking lot in West Side of Vancouver over at Jericho or whatever the hell that is, way down the end of the beach. Spanish a giant Bay. parking lot. Giant. 
you telling me you can't put 10 restaurants and, a, and, and some studios and some galleries and whatever down there so that people who are riding their bike to the end at that point, because after that you go up the hill, come on, let's replace a parking lot with something that's active and interesting. And you need down there by the private sector so the park board can make money. So they're going to look at that. And I love it. The nine o'clock gun. The nine o'clock gun. Back finally. For God's sake, yeah. how long did it take to get that park? And what was it? And the cones, they're going, all the, the bike lane, they're fixing okay. that. There was, there was one more thing. What was the other thing? Uh, um... Yeah, oh, food, anyway. tr- food trucks and booze and fixing the concession stands. And actually, because oh, yeah, if you went to a concession stand prior to the pandemic, which I had the opportunity to do because I go to Kids Pool every day in the summer and I would take my kid down there on the weekends what, and I'd take him to the yeah. concession. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'll get a hot dog. What is this kombucha for $15? Like, I, oh, how about a concession <laughs> stand? How about how about budgicles for kids at a dollar fifty when they're fifteen cents to purchase? Like this is not difficult, guys. It looks like they're actually considering freeing up the ability to have a food truck at the beach, like you said, at Spanish Banks. The ice cream truck can roll by. Why can't a food truck set up down there? No, you don't want to have every single thing, you know, flooding down to the beach. There needs to be some kind of not gatekeeping, but some process of access. Sign Just up sign for up for it. Yeah. But how beautiful would that be? You're not in mm-hmm. the way of a restaurant when you're in the parking lot of, you know, the Queen Elizabeth Park, even those big parking lots right by the fountains and such. Wouldn't it be great to have a food truck festival up there? This park board, yeah. I believe, might actually do something like that because they're I not agree. like, ooh, we're too busy not mowing the lawn. Oh, God. <laughs> Making decisions, and if the and the aqua, the, aqua, um, uh, the uh, aquatic, aquatic center, uh, yes, that's huge. So Let's that go. Be underway by the end of this term. That could be underway by the end of this term. That would be amazing. So well, it hasn't been going on there. really fixed since it was built in 1974. It's time for that to happen. I know. So I was yeah. having a conversation just two nights ago. Um, my cousin Cindy's birthday. Her wife said, "I learned to swim at that aquatic center," and that made me think. Like, what was the last time? I went there and I know I'm not going there because things are falling off of it. Like, and and it's not even a nice, I mean, it's such a it's ugly building on our, on our waterfront. Yeah. So fix it. And they, they space. will. I hope, I hope George yes. underscore yeah. Affleck on Twitter at George <laughs> underscore Affleck on Twitter at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y we're unspunpodcast.com. Uh, go to our website, click the link to subscribe. You'll get this in your inbox. It's always just a barrel of laughs. It's season five of Unspun Podcast with George Affleck and Jody. <laughs>